and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. Like, why the hell is Discord such a pain in the ass sometimes? That really is what was preventing us from getting started properly tonight. Sorry about that. We, you know what, it's, it's, it's the middle of December. Things are going to be really weird for the next couple of weeks. Uh, because we've got tonight, we've got next week, and then two weeks of bye. So at this point, I'm not even going to worry about standing on ceremony because considering the topic, it's kind of going to work out that way. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, under S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi, good to be back with you. I'll go ahead and let you know who all is here because um Reasons. From the Midwest of the U.S., where um, women are still, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I was about to ask if that was still the case. I wasn't quite sure. Bridget Fitch, hi. Hi. We're having a little bit of fun with uh, some explosive um, photography that she shared us with earlier. So, Yeah, Melotopal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. From the Eastern Seaboard on Renault Tech. Good that you're here. You sure about that? Let's test those waters. Hi, everybody. Tech. <laughs> Let me do, 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 you, do you know what this little black thing is that, that, I, that I'm pointing at right about now a on dongle. the video? Yeah. That's a dongle. You're a dunce. Not a dangle. You're a, a dun. You're a Dunsel. Captain Dunsel. There's some people that actually know that reference. And from over the water to Paris, France. And part of the reason why we are really not thrilled with Discord sometimes, Joseph, I'm glad you're able to make it. Yeah, it's my fault. No, no, no. Okay, it's you're the cause. It's not your fault. Short version. Uh, because we have literally no budget whatsoever, everything is free that we work with. It's all free software, it's free hosting, so to speak, and free time, which means that um, uh, orange juice is my drink of choice tonight, surprisingly enough. I know, I know, considering I should have gotten some alcohol, but you know what? That, not really feeling tonight. So you know, as, as far as Discord and problems go, uh, I... I have a love-hate relationship because every time there's an update, it kind of forgets that I have virtual audio drivers set as my default and tries to use something else every single update. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. So, hi, everybody. It's good, to, it's good to be back with you. And, uh, of course, as I mentioned, you know, happy December. For those of you that would like to be joining us, while we're doing all this and, and put up with all the frustration live with us, be wonderful to have you. Cause you know, what are you going to do on a, a Sunday morning? I don't know, but you can join us live over in the live chat over there because you know, that's kind of the way that it works over here. Stephanie, good morning. Uh, Felis, good evening. Tech, you're in two places at once. Cut it the hell out. Make it nuts. <laughs> See, I can, I can, I can, I can make this joke because when I'm doing the Friday night show, the uh, Friday night radio stream, every once in a while, 
uh, I will end up having Felis, who is in the live chat right now, I will have her chiming in over on Discord simultaneously, as in Second Life. So, the end of the night, for some of my shows, you know, I, I say goodnight to everybody, and then I do everybody in, in Second Life first, and then I do, you know, everybody remote, which includes Discord. And then, there she is, chiming in, and it's like, I've already said goodnight to you. Leave me alone. Shut up. And because, you know, every once in a while, the brain starts to go on autopilot and then, you know, you don't realize what it is that you're doing. It's the announcer version of driving for hours and hours suddenly to realize I have no memory of the last 30 minutes of driving, but I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So, yeah, it's fun night. So anyway, um, real short, uh, because there's there's stuff floating in the air again that is problematic uh i don't know about anybody else i i did have to stop at a grocery store earlier not for myself really my friends and i when we get together you know we get food and tonight we decided that we were going to opt for uh, breakfast for dinner so i got the thick cut bacon Mm. so so I went to the hardware store today, and trust me, when you first thing that doesn't normally come to my mind when somebody says bacon is hardware store, but in the checkout line, I saw on the shelf, there it was. I never thought I would see in a hardware store, okay? Okay. It is bacon-related. What is it? What is it? It was bacon fat. There is literally a product called bake, John Gordon's Baking Up Bacon Grease Rendered Fat. And it's it's a 14 ounce container. I have a picture of it. Uh, I I swear it's the it's real. I have never heard of it. It's mainly USA, uh, past the food stuff. So yeah, it is literally a container of baking grease, uh, with the shea added to it to like prolong the flavor life. And it was in a hardware store. Yeah. Well. So, the reason why I'm going through this, by the way, is to say, I really, really am concerned about the folks over here in Erie County, New York, where Buffalo is located, where Casa del Tribble is, because besides me, I only saw one other person wearing a mask of any kind. This is irksome. Those of you that are out there that are trying to stay safe, I don't blame you one bit trying to do the best you can. That's why I wanted to check on you guys. Health-wise, how are you guys all doing? Well, we had RSV about three weeks ago, and that kind of sucked. But so far, no COVID, no flu. Plan to keep it that way. Yeah, you and me both. Tech, you're holding up okay? I mean, it's not like you get outside much. I mean, your fluorescent lights give you a tan. <laughs> Wait, what? No. <laughs> I'm all right. Um, I, I just, the whole uh, hardware store. I'm, it was packed today, so it was a night. It was interesting experience. Um, but. I'm doing better um, than I have been. So I've had my ups and downs. 
anybody who deals with anything like what I'm dealing with has their ups and downs. But the things that I wanted and needed to be quiet have actually become that way. This is all I can say without giving out, like, TMI. It's so, But, yeah, I mean, tomorrow's my last day of having to do any kind of shopping, quote-unquote, and it's food-related and all that fun stuff, so. But after that, I should be good until next year. Except for still having to go to work. Can I just say that during this triple dimmit, people who don't want to wear masks, I want to bitch slap them. I would have ended up breaking my wrist with how many people there were that I saw. Joseph, how have you been holding up? You doing okay? After you get your mute button there? Yeah. I had a bit of a... Came down with a bit of a cold. But, uh, yeah, doing a bit better today. Okay. A little overworked. Okay. But things should be much. And now we're starting to have it clippy out quicker. Okay. We'll, we'll see what we can do with that. Uh, it, it, back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is what it is. I am. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll see what little bits. How that? Well, for the moment, that'll, that'll do. So I have to, um, exercise some dexterity. Fair enough. You can always make the space bar the push to talk button. Then it's a really big target. <laughs> it's not wrong. Well, on my computer, it's cold, but it's green now when I pushed it. That could be a problem. Okay. Well, how about we get things rolling and we'll, uh, we'll deal as best we can. So kick back, relax. I've got your five minute freestyle for the evening. And that is going to start right now. CTW. No, this is not a kink thing. That's CBT. That's a, that's a totally different thing. CTW is an old, initialism that really doesn't get used anymore. And there's a reason for it. It's a reason that I don't particularly care for, but is what it is. CTW used to stand for the Children's Television Workshop. It was the group that was set up, the organization, the fund, the company that was set up, well, specifically to handle the early years of Sesame Street. It was partnered directly with what became known as the PBS system here in America, Public Broadcasting Systems. And Sesame Street was a new animal. It was one of the most heavily researched educational television programs that had ever happened. Reminding you, this is going back to, you know, its origination back in 1969 when it was first broadcast. They had a lot of time. They had a lot of input from a lot of educators. They had a lot of peer-reviewed papers on how to best educate people. Specifically, the kids, preschool kids, who were, for lack of a better way of putting it, 
what was otherwise referred to as the inner city kids. The kids who were in the metro jungles of New York City back in the day, especially. And the idea was to try to bring them up to speed so that when they hit kindergarten, they were ready to go. And there were a handful of people that were hand-selected to be the on-face people, the front-facing character actors. And there have been a number of them over the years. But there were three that were really important to a lot of us, and, and unfortunately we've recently lost another one of them. And the three that I want to make very specific mention to, I've, I've, I've talked about a couple of them before. One of them is a wonderful gentleman who played David. He was, he was a, he was a wonderful, wonderful actor. He was, the character that he had was young. He was vibrant. He was, doing well. And admittedly, it was, you know, fiction, but, you know, he brought us in. He made us feel good and never felt like he was phoning it in. Mr. Hooper, the cranky, crotchety old Jew running Hooper's store, which to this day, decades after his death, still has his name to it. David took over after Mr. Hooper died, and they handled it beautifully. They didn't pull any punches. They actually explained that he was dead. And this recent, we lost Bob. Again, another face who was a wonderful singer, performer, was on the show for almost basically since its inception. These are people who were formative to a lot of people's youths here in the States. And it's hard to put a number to the number of lives that they influenced, that they helped, the grades that they influenced, the dreams that they fostered. Their deaths are tragic because in some cases, David, he was young. Bob, not so young, but he did wonderful. And Mr. Hooper, his actor was, he could have ended up literally drinking himself to death because of the shit that he went through back during the Red Scare. These are people that have done wonderful, wonderful jobs, influenced so many people. They are the people in our neighborhood. And because they are dead, they will never truly know the scope of what they set in motion. But isn't that just the way that it is? We never will. But that group, they did more good than so many of us could have ever hoped for. And I'm proud to have lived through a time where I could say, I lived through the creation of something special. Thank you, guys. Thank you ever so much.
So with that, we need to see about handling the horrible scopes. So for those of you that know what your astrological sign is, cool. Now's your time to go ahead and enjoy it. Those of you that don't know, I don't know how to help you. You can just pick one because it's really not going to make too much of a difference. Everybody gets treated equally by me unless they um, stoke my vanity. We'll find out how to do that later. Get your own. You leave my coffee alone. Yeah, don't worry. Like I said, I've got. You'll get juice. my cold brew when you take it from my cold dead hands. I've got orange juice tonight. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Aries, we were good to you viola players last week, and now it's time to pay the piper. Everybody else, take particular listen to how insane viola players are. They are the only musicians insane enough to use a musical notation that changes what the notes on the musical staves are. Literally, the the stuff on the page. So, you know what a treble clef is, or a bass clef. You've seen, it, you've seen that iconography all the time. But they use one called middle C. Movable C. It's set on middle C. It can be relocated. It can be moved in the middle of a performance. And they're just expected to cope with it. So, everybody, viola players are not talented. They have multiple personalities handling every eventuality. Be nice to them. I just use. So, as a former trumpet player, I thought they were just, uh, you know, CDO. Oh, I'm sorry. For layman, it's OCD, but see, it should be in alphabetical order. Should be. Taurus. Don't dye your hair this week. The first step is to use peroxide to bleach out the color you have already, and that is going to end poorly. They told you before to only buy white towels so they can be bleached clean, but you went with colored ones for the decor. So don't come to us if you see unappealing white splatters in them. Depends on the splatter origin. Um, Gemini, winter's about to smack you hard with cold temperatures, so it's planning time. Make sure your car's topped off with fluids, especially petrol, and your car battery charger is functional. <laughs> yes, we said petrol, and not gas. Because gas is a state of matter, and petrol is short for petroleum, which is what gasoline is made from. And gas, that's propane. Oh! So this week, get your grass gas grill out for the last cookout this year. Your turn, Joseph. Do we have you there, Joseph? I'm not hearing anything. Did you turn stuff off? If you turn it off, you gotta turn it back on again. Okay, you see if you can try to bring it back again. Uh, I'll pass you by for the moment. You, you see what you can do to try to figure out what's going on for you over there. Uh, where are we over here? Cancer Moonchild? You, you 
let me know when you're back on. Cancer Moonshot. You've had all those recipe books in your cabinets for literal decades. It's time to pull one of them out and actually make something. Doesn't have to be something huge like timpano, but how about something simple like Italian risotto di capesante, or otherwise known as scallops and rice casserole? Ask any Italian and they'll tell you it is part of a traditional Christmas Eve feast. Go for it. As an aside, my wife used to make that every once in a while. Oh, it is delicious. Oh, it's delicious. I got to have that once. And it was amazing. Leo, you love jazz, and we're happy for you. But please don't tell us there isn't some weird drug-induced happening going on there. An instrumental quartet song called Ecstatic Little Porpoises that has nothing in it that sounds remotely ocean-based. We respect your love of the genre. Please respect our right to think songwriters are chemically inspired. That is true, by the way. I was I was doing the horrible scopes, flipping through the, the music of my collection, and that song came up. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge. Uh Great, now I got Kippadada songs running through my head. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to be hearing uh, Life in the Slaw Lane and Wet Dreams and all the other stuff he did in, in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. Now get to the script. Virgo. Yes, it's Get Your Picture with Santa Season, but, and we can't stress this enough, it's a complete ripoff. It's monstrosity monstrosulously expensive. They don't discount it if you only want an electronic version instead of a printout copy. And you can't take your own selfie either. If Santa knew what was good for him, he'd cut the price down. We're on to you, Santa. You're getting buttermilk this year. (laughs) Joke's on Santa. I only put out soy. I haven't gotten a Christmas present in years. Bastard isn't beating me out of house and cookies. Uh, is it me now? It is. Yes. Welcome back. Libra. Okay. Go on. You get so, Libra tonight. Libra. Last week we told you that the pellet with the poison in the flagon. What? The pellet with the poisons in the flagon with the dragon. The vessel with the pestle has the broom that is true. But your second cousin Sam broke the flagon with the dragon and replaced it with the souvenir chalice from medieval times. Okay? So forget last week's warning and replace it with this. The pellet with this poisons and the vessel with the pestle, the chalice for the palace has the brew that is true. Okay? Good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, it's it's real simple. The potion with the poisons and the flagon with the dragon, the vessel with the no. Okay, so the poison, the 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 pestle with the the pestle with the poisons and the chalice with the flag. I think we gotta. I, we should try this again next year about this time and see if we can say it better. Then I'll I'll, I'll figure it out later. Somebody put that on a calendar. 
somebody put it in a in a in a, in a movie, so you can figure it out later. <laughs> Scorpio, once once upon a time ago, flights on airplanes were a classy dress up event. Complimentary food for everyone, champagne for first class, and no one cramming into the bathrooms for that mile high certification. Speaking of which, before you go making a big mistake, no, the flight attendants don't give out special adult only wings for that. Don't ask. Sagittarius. Well, bless your 10 ply heart there, bud. Driving over the border to Canada is only technically international travel. But did you ever learn the local language? Binge watching Letterkenny, Red Green, and Hockey Night in Canada will help you hone your Ontarian ear. But if you want to really be in, study Corner Gas and you'll be speaking like a Saskatchewanian. Now, is Corner Gas a show? I know what Letterkenny yes, is. is, and, and I... And I the first sentence clued me in on it. So, is what's on? How do you get the corner gas? Is it uh, Hulu Prime? What? I, you know, what if Dallin was here, he'd be able to tell us. But I have no idea. So we'll, we'll look that one yeah, up. Thanks, Dallin, for nothing. Literally, no. He he was the one that actually wrote Saskatchewanian and got it right the first time. As an aside, by the way, those of us that are looking at the page for the script for the horoscopes, please take note. There is no red squiggle at the bottom, which means Google Docs accepts the spelling. It knows that word. Uh, I found the Wikipedia entry on Scor on, uh, on Scorpio. Right, no. <laughs> Corner gas. Oh, okay, so my turn on Capricorn, right? Right. All right. Capricorn. Really? You asked for a quote-unquote fun and sexy one this year? Or, or this week at virtually the last minute? So you know what? Sure. Here you go. Yes, it's possible to buy uh, tapered tube-shaped personal massagers from secondhand shops. But why would you want to? But if you do, how about this suggestion? Use antibacterial soft soap as lube to be safe. Or, you know, you just spend the extra money on a clean, cheap one at Spencer's in the mall. Yes, there's a story behind that. No, I'm not going to explain it. Ron Jeremy! No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, Aquarius. It's time to haul out your end-of-year winter movie collection. Sure, there's the standards like the Charlie Brown Christmas, or a Christmas Story, or even Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. But please, please, please don't get into a fighting match with anyone about diehard status on being a Christmas movie. 20th Century Fox called it the greatest Christmas story ever told, just 30 years after it was released. Enjoy the popcorn. Again, I did my homework. That is true. 20th Century Fox for the 30th anniversary release. They labeled it the greatest Christmas story. Uh, you know what they say. 
even a broken clock is right from time to time. As much as I hate to give credit, any kind of credibility to Fox, they're not wrong on this one. Well, reminding you that's 20th Century Fox, the, the movie group, as opposed to anything else. So I thought they were under the same uh, parent corporation. And I'll pull us all into the final destination over here. Pisces, my fellow fish. You have a job interview coming up at a TV station as a floor director, and we couldn't be more proud of you. There's a couple things you better be made aware of to get the edge first. If they ask when ADR is applied to live newscasts, that's a trick question. You can't do that. Second, there actually is a news service that reports the news in American Sign Language on television. And last, when you're counting in from a break, stop the countdown at three and only use fingers for the last two seconds and be mindful of which finger you use for one. I'm looking at you, my Italians. Those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you like what you got, I don't really much care. Because some of you decided that you were going to ask at the literal last minute. But... So I just I just got an education in about the time it took you to do that. Uh, 20th Century Fox, one, it no longer exists as of somewhere around uh, January of 2020. They became 20th Century Studios. And it turns out they're owned by Disney, which doesn't actually put them in a good light either. No, no, it doesn't. And the reason why Disney renamed it was because of the constant confusion and what I did, the association with Fox, the, the news organization. I don't know if they if they did because Fox kept getting pissed at them for it or if because the crap that was on the air in 2020. <laughs> I don't know if Disney did it for a really good reason. I, you know, I mean, it was... January 2020, not like June 2020. Uh, but Disney does on them, and Disney's done some things to people. So, I don't know. Again, a broken clock. You know, it's still right twice a day. Fair. This so, is trivia. 38 Special actually had a song called 20th Century Fox. Okay, I think I have at least two 38 Specials albums, and I never heard that one. I'm going to have to go look it up. You do that. Let me finish my closing here, damn it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot it was your... Yes, my... <laughs> you know what? Fine. It's... No, I got... I got. It's, it's, it's just a couple of weeks before Christmas. I gotta be nice. I gotta be nice. I gotta be nice. If you'd like me to be nicer to you, you could ask for me to be nicer, although... It's hard for me to believe I would actually do that unless you, you know, bribe me by asking. I'll have these posted at the end of the week, you know, the usual. So Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Tumblr, because, you know, whatever is actually functional by that point, we'll see what implodes first. But I'll, 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 you know, I'll do my thing because I would like to say that this is what you pay me for, but uh, you people don't pay me for this. So, you know what? Fine. It, it is It is what it is. 
Actually, believe it or not, I've actually considered that maybe one of these days what I should do is actually make it part of like uh, a Patreon thing. And because I, I write them sort of like a, a, a little bit ahead, I do them Friday and they debut, at, you know, Friday, but I don't post them until a week later. So I don't know. think about that. Think about that. It is episode 433 on the docket, Your Honor. Merry Hitchmas. Yeah, it's it's really hard to believe that it is... I mean, it's... It's over 10 years. You know, it's over 10 years since we lost Christopher Hitchens. And I'm not going to call it his legacy. Because he would be, he would have been the first to go ahead and say, no, don't put me up on any, on any kind of a pedestal like that. You pedants, you know better than that. Or I've tried to teach you better than that, or, or whatever the, whatever the health Britishism he would have said that would have been both commoner and erudite at the same time. Cause that was, that was what he was good at. But he would also be the, uh, another one. Another first to be able to say, yes, I did, I did my job and I tried. He wasn't always successful at everything that he tried to do, but he sure as shit gave us something to look up to and aspire to. And definitely not to idolize. So in honor of Hitch's uh, passing, I think it's probably worthwhile to, again, it may be a little bit of a softball night again, but you know what? It's the end of the year. It's December. And truth be told, we've tackled a lot of tough stuff over the last couple of weeks. I think downtime is well worth it. So the the piece that I want to start off with, believe it or not, is the descriptor that I added to the end of the the combination that I had for him in the show notes. Cynicism. As he was getting to the end of his life, because cancer was riddling his voice and throat. And uh, I think we can all agree, by the way, guys, uh, back me up on this one. I think I can say it safely for all of us. Um, can we still get away with saying fuck cancer? We still all on yeah. board on that one? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. Um, fuck cancer. And one of the things that he said, very publicly said, I will not have a last-minute deathbed conversion, and anyone that tells you otherwise is lying. He may have put it a little bit more blue. I wouldn't put it past him to have done it, but I'm pretty sure that was almost exactly the way they worded it. And sure as shit, wouldn't you know it, it's one of the things that ended up happening. Somebody, some some preacher man went ahead and said that he had a deathbed conversion in his last moments, and everybody that had video evidence of him saying Anyone that says I did this is lying through their teeth. Call them out on it, and you know what? 
I, for one, am really glad that he had the forethought to go ahead and put that out there publicly. Because, my God, if you'll excuse the expression, the outfall from the son of a bitch that wanted to go ahead and use Christopher's death for his own feather in his cap? Wow. That was beautiful. And yeah, I know, like, you know, like I said, I'm I'm doing orange juice tonight. I know. Traditionally, I would have gotten Johnny Walker black. Truth be told, I really just didn't want to be bothered. I just really didn't want to be bothered with the with the parking or whatnot because holiday shopping. So you guys start throwing some stuff out there as far as to things that you remember that Hitch did or or what he said that's impacted for you or maybe some bitching you want to make at his ass because Lord knows he was not above making mistakes. He admitted mm-hmm. to making mistakes. Yeah. Uh, his smoking you know, led to cancer. I rock. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go ahead and explain that one in particular? Because that one's a little bit more nuanced than what I think I've got. I was going for the scar and the cancer. <laughs> well, see, th- here's... We're okay. all aware of that one. We're not yeah. all aware of Iraq. He, he made a better suggestion than I did. I openly admit it. Well, yeah, and, and the reason why I want to uh, I, I want to have this one in particular uh, explained a little bit further, the, the smoking and the drinking because of the cancer to himself, that only directly affected himself. Yes, there's emotional outfall from everything else, but the... Yeah. The resulting, I don't want to call it punishment, was his own. Literally, personally, his own. As opposed yeah. to, well, Iraq, please, by all means, go ahead and explain this, because, God, yeah, we're still reverberating from this. Well, yeah, well, he supported the invasion of Iraq. And the, uh, and basically, second and, uh, all the quote-unquote propositions or accusations the Bush administration made. And, uh, yeah, he seemed to be... He had a good set of blinders as far as that subject was concerned. Because he was for the ousting. Yeah, of course, Saddam Hussein was a a terrible quote-unquote leader. But uh, there's also the uh, the point that he brought a certain stability to the region, so uh, which he did not consider, and uh, yeah, plus uh, plus just uh, perpetrating the propaganda of the Bush administration, and he never fully explained his reasoning behind that. He just uh, brought out the talking points and. Uh, what evidence he could to back them up, which wasn't much, which is basically it ended up the accusation. And then, finally, towards the the end of his life, he just uh, just stopped talking about it. He he did admit to a lot of things that uh, that he made mistakes on, and yeah, that was that was one of them. I can still vividly remember when um 
he he never admitted he was wrong for Iraq. For that one in particular, yeah. Unfortunately, never returned to the subject. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking very specifically of um, when the oh god, uh, help me out here. It was um, Colin Powell. Uh, he was what what was he five star uh, five star general. God, I'm trying to remember with the with the with the uh, crap. Anyway, the he made the presentation to the United Nations to try to get the world stage behind the United States to uh, to in, invade um, Iraq, and I watched some of that on television. And I remember watching very closely the faces that the the expressions, the presentation that Colin Powell made at the time. And I was looking at that and literally just shaking my head because I'm watching this guy's face. And I can see in his presentation, in his face, he's not believing this. He's not believing what he's presenting. I mean, I've said it before, you know, you can't phone in a performance for anything and you insult your, your audience that way. They'll pick it up. They, they will pick it up. And I could see it. I could see it in him. I absolutely, truly, firmly believe he was ordered to give that presentation against his own better judgment. And I don't remember if, I don't remember if Colin Powell ever said one way or the other if he believed it or not, but I don't know, man. I'll, I'll just leave that for other people to look over the video and decide for themselves, I guess. That whole thing was just a shit show. And we're still paying for it decades later. I know, I know one of the biggest mistakes that he made and corrected himself on. And, and, um, whoever, whoever wants to pick up the ball on this one really quickly, um, feel free to jump in on this one. Waterboarding. Yep. I don't, I don't want to jump in on waterboarding. I don't, nobody should be waterboarded. Why would I want to jump in there and do that? Uh Non-consensually waterboarded. There's a difference. Ah, okay. Uh, no, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And before anybody terrible. And before anybody goes ahead and and starts to kind of go, what? Yes, it is possible yes. to be con- consensually waterboarded. Yes, it's called breath play or breath control, I believe. Either or both, and yes, um, it's um. <laughs> It's it's dangerous. We can we can we can talk about this with y'all later, but uh be it as it may, don't try this at home, kids. But um yeah, so who wants to explain about well, the they, waterboarding people, thing? I, I was gonna say people <laughs> Waterboarding technically is uh if I remember correctly, um 
is you place a cloth over a person's face. Then you pour water on the cloth. And it stimulates drowning. It's not actually, it, it, it is and it isn't drowning in uh, the sense that we see it on TV. Okay? They're not submerging their whole body underwater or, you know, their entire head. But what's happening is by keeping the washcloth over the face, uh, it retains the water and it keeps it in pro- close proximity to both the mouth and the nose. Contrary to popular opinion, you cannot breathe through your anus. Not the planet. And, yeah, you can find instructions for damn near everything on the internet. Some of them you don't want to. So, when you obstruct the airway with water, any amount of it, getting into your sinuses, your throat, you know, headed towards your lungs, gives you the drowning reflex that that hits your brain, that uh, hits the flight part of your fight or flight, or maybe it's the other way. But it, it hits the, that response, okay? You go into a really scared state of being, okay? And it was trying to be claimed that it wasn't torture, you know, it wasn't drowning, and people who went through it said otherwise. In fact, there was a, f- a very well-known, obviously not by me, I'll have to find the uh, link to it, there was a radio jockey who didn't believe waterboarding. And this guy was supposedly on the conservative side in favor of waterboarding. Didn't believe that waterboarding was drowning. So he got, they got a medic, a team of uh, medical people standing by. They got a professional who was actually taught how to waterboard. And he went through the process in like five, six seconds into it. He tapped out. And he's like, that is waterboarding, that is drowning, that is drowning, that is drowning. (laughs) And I was just like, that was the impact his statement had to me. Um, He may not have said drowning three times or whatever. Again, I'll find it, we'll post it. Yep. Um, Matter of fact, I already found it uh, out of Chicago. Right-wing radio talk show host Eric Mankow Mueller, Mueller, sorry has admitted that waterboarding is torture after undergoing the procedure as part of the show. Quote, I want to find out if it's torture, Mankow told his listeners Friday before the demonstration aired on Chicago radio station WLS. Where is his quote immediately afterwards? Here it is. Immediately afterwards, quote, It is way worse than I thought it would be, and that's no joke. It's such an odd feeling to have water poured down your nose with your head back. It was instantaneous, and I don't want to say this, absolutely torture. There it is. Yeah. And granted, we being humans with fallible memories, I remembered what he went through, him jumping off the table, so having a violent reaction, and the main part of his message was at the end of it, it's torture. And that form of torture is drowning somebody. So think of the, if you ever were at a party where you did bobbing for apples, okay, you have people with excellent lung capacity who generally have an easier time of staying under the water because they're used to flexing 
all that stuff. Uh, as a choir person, yes, I can always hold my breath longer than most other people that I went, you know, swimming with. So, at least until I started smoking. <laughs> hey, it, I stopped, but yeah, it's, you know, there's a trade off for everything. And, um, now imagine while you're down there, you've decided you're out of air and you decide to come up and somebody puts their hand in your way. That's drowning. Okay. Waterboarding is just a, uh, easier setup. It's just a different method of producing the same exact effect. You've got the water at your mouth and nose. You can't get away from it. And if you breathe in, you breathe in more. Different methodology, same damn result. Here's something else that came out much later, too. The people who would feed us intelligence, the, the criminals that we had, you know, arrested, made agreements with, and, you know, uh, they call them, what, uh, CI or something like that, the police refer to them, but they, they were on at a different level, the, the military level. And some of them were giving us, our country, good intel. And some were not. Yeah. But once it was approved to waterboard them, the ones who were giving us good intel stopped and told us exactly what we wanted to hear because they didn't want to get waterboarded. Before that, if I remember... Uh, what was on CNN, they were talking about um, the good ones, uh, the, the best results that our intelligence agencies have picked up were when they treated people you know, better. Or, or, I'm sorry, the military, this was the military, they were talking about um, they get some of their best intelligence by giving people you know, warm blanket, fresh clothes, uh, good meals, things like that. Versus pulling up fingernails and drowning people. Turn the off. Now, the thing that connects it with Christopher Hitchens, he also said it's not torture. It's not. It's it's simply not. Now, again, I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but he also decided to go ahead and put his money where his mouth was. And he went for a demonstration, and he was given a, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was a, uh, I think it was like a, a piece of metal or a piece of plastic, rubber, whatever the hell it was, about, you know, about this size, to, you know, fit in his fist, so that when he wanted to basically tap out, because he wouldn't be able to, all he'd have to do is just open his hand and let whatever it is just drop to the floor and they knew, okay, done. Small problem with that. They hit him with the water. The panic instantly sets in and well, does anybody want to go ahead and tell the uh, the nice folks out there that are listening what happens when you go through a panic reflex to your hands? Oh, one or two responses usually. Um, for some of us, we clench our hand up even tighter. Um, some others just get the jitters. 
but they might lose the ability to open or close their fingers. I haven't noticed. I've only noticed the jitters, and that's just the, the nerves on that ready to flight kind of thing. Yep. And you want to take a wild guess which one happened to Chris? Yeah, the uh, the clinch. Oh yeah, he grabbed tight onto that thing. And he lasted for a good, uh, I believe it was like a, a second and a half. An eternity on the other side of that cloth. And he came up and he had no equivocation. He said, I was wrong. He put his money where his mouth was, man. He, he went ahead. He, he took his convictions and said, okay, here you go. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm right. Shit, I was wrong. And we've talked. I love the. Uh, yeah. You know, there's another aspect of that I, I want to bring up too, because I have a better appreciation of the full statement now that I didn't uh, before. He said he hated to admit it. Yeah. He acknowledged that he did not like having to do that. And then he went and did it anyway. I I don't I understand that it's a minor form of bragging and deflection and a bunch of other things, but I think it serves as a good example that he's unintentionally showing somebody that he's willing to acknowledge the the feeling disagrees with the logic, whether unintentional or not. It also sends that message. Verbally, because we can't read each other's minds. Yeah, and Joseph, I I have to I have to uh, I have to believe that you of all of us, if if we put it this way, you would be one of the first ones to absolutely say, "Yeah, that's exactly how you're supposed to run it." He he had an idea, he had a premise, he had a hypothesis that he he based his his opinion upon. He went ahead and said. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to prove it. And he ran an experiment and he found out he was wrong and changed his opinions based on the new facts. Just like any good scientist should do, right? Well, that seems to be a big problem with today's society is that uh, this illusion of complete certitude, you know, What's best for our survival is having a most accurate map as possible of our environment and acknowledging that something in your environment is, is different than your preconceived notion or former opinion. Um, yeah, changing your mind because of experience. Well, I'd call that survival. Yeah. But again, we're going back to a uh, good lot of today's society lets other people decide for them what's best for their survival. So, with that illusion of servitude. Yeah. And it's damned annoying. It's damned annoying. I mean, we've, we've also talked about this before. That in... In formative years in school, you make a mistake, you're mocked, you're seen as 
lesser for whatever reason. When the truth of the matter is, especially if, you know, it's a, uh, it's an earnest, uh, an, an earnest attempt to answer a question, but just with not enough, enough information, you know, yeah, you tried. And that's, that's good. You're expanding. You're thinking. You're, you're, you're trying to figure something out. Yeah. Well, um, be careful because a, a good lot of that mockery is, uh, it stems from the fact that whoever the target of the mockery is, they're just doing something different. Like, you know, everybody else is, uh, I wouldn't say followed the rules, but, you know, everybody else is programmed in a certain way. Uh, and uh, why don't you just accept the programming? Well, yeah. That's the source of the mockery. And, um, yeah, it's just the fact that somebody is, quote-unquote, different. And, I mean, even somebody who actually thinks about a proposition posed to them, uh, that's seen as a sign of weakness. In, in a lot of today's society. Yeah. Believe it or not, there is... Okay, I'm going to admit it. This is, this is vanity on my part. When I was a kid, I couldn't exactly tell you how old I was, but single-digit age, all right? I very clearly remember that the question had been brought up about um, why the Earth rotates. And again, reminding you, you know, single-digit age school, I had said that I thought that maybe with all the cars on the face of the planet, maybe they push the, they push the earth because, I mean, you know, the, the whole, you know, push one way, respond against the other, because, you know, Newton's laws, I didn't know it as Newton's laws, but I mean, I, I knew for well, you know, you, you push against a wall, the, well, kind of pushes you back, sort of, or at least it doesn't really move, or if it moves, you don't even really realize it. And I remember that, you know, I was not exactly treated nicely about it, but I answered in a way that made sense with the limited information that I had at the time. I was corrected because there was so much more information that I was simply ignorant of at, you know, single-digit age. And these days, I know full well, the answer is not that we collectively with cars make the Earth spin, but we do have an infinitesimal amount of action on the Earth. Not nearly enough to do anything, but yeah, we technically do have some push and pull for what that's worth compared to an entire planet. It's really nothing. But if you could measure fine enough, you could figure that out that, yeah, it is a thing. So I wasn't right. I just didn't have the right information. I didn't have enough information. There was no way for me to. Have. And I really think that that is one of the things that Hitchens was very, very good at demonstrating to us. That when you have the information, you can properly understand, you can properly figure out 
so much stuff that other doors of of information get open to you. And you get to really, really understand so much more than what you thought that you had before. And I'm going to bring this one because um, I, I don't know which one of you wants to... Well, actually, Bridget, I, I think we'll swing it your way a little bit on this one. He did debates. He did a lot of debates. And I'm going to have to track it down. I don't know if you went looking for it yet, but uh, he... He had one that he did with Stephen Fry. And the video is out there on YouTube. It's it's a it's a longer thing because it was a formal debate. And the topic was the Catholic Church, the premise, sorry, the 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 postulate was the Catholic Church is a force for good in the world. Now, many of us already have opinions about that, and so did he. And if memory serves, I do believe that uh, Christopher Hitchens had said that he would be more than happy to simply give up all of his speaking time to his partner, Stephen Fry, because he would, and um, I'm highly paraphrasing here, tear them a superfluous asshole that everyone knows that they richly deserve. Like I said, I'm paraphrasing just a little bit but that's that's why i wanted to hit you for this one because bridget i'm kind of if i if i remember correctly you kind of remember about this and if if i'm remembering correctly you kind of remember how nasty he went after the catholic church well i'm trying to think <laughs> or you know, maybe maybe i don't remember that one so well. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I was actually more interested in his writings and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, well, hold hold that uh, hold that position uh, really quickly, then, uh, gentlemen. Either one of you particularly remember this debate that happened? <clears throat> Sorry, I was looking for the reference uh, video for which you were talking about the uh, Stephen Fry and everything else, and I think I found it. <laughs> yeah, I remember this debate though. Um, yep, intelligence squared. Yep, that's the one. Yes. Is that is that my, the like my the, Google the full? Google has not failed me yet. Yeah. Is it? Oh, that is the full. Good. Yeah, we'll be able. To yeah, it's that the full version. Yeah. Okay. And it's the original reference to. Uh, oh, so. brilliant! I believe. I think I got it right this time. <laughs> yeah. So, which which one of you wants to kind of talk through any of that? Don't all volunteer at once. <laughs> okay, so I'm, my Im lasting impression of Stephen Fry isn't actually that debate. It's where he's actually having uh, some sort of famous British interviewer is interviewing him, and it's just a two-person house. You know, there's no audience or anything like that, and they got on the topic of God. If I find that, I will reference that, because it's it's great. Oh, and, is that uh, the Pluto speech? No, no, that was the speech. Uh, it wasn't a speech. It was an interview. It was no, one no, no. On one. And what he was talking about, he was talking about, you know, what happens, the, the interview had essentially asked him, because I, I can't quote it, 
what what happens if you die and you find out you know there's a god you know and, or or some something to that effect and fry responded with that he essentially would take no truck i believe it's uh slang or phrasing um with if it was the gods of like the greek pantheon pantheon because they had um they had problems just like we did you know they didn't pretend to be better in that respect they were just more powerful versions um but i think he said either christian god or single god something like to that effect he would say how dare you you know bone cancer in children or leukemia or whatever it was and you know flies at you know, his, his reference of you know, those horrible things that do exist and part of nature i mean the let's face it people if you didn't have a house, a hut, or even a tent, okay, and some of the few tools and knowledge that we have today, this world would kill most of us. This is not a pleasant planet. It's a habitable planet. We survive here as a species. We've kind of taken over for now. It's not permanent, necessarily. And, uh, you know, we have... Everything from the microscopic to the macroscopic trying to kill us. If we gave it a chance, we have antibiotics, we have uh, antivirals, we have, you know, different kinds of treatments, we have vitamins, mineral supplements, we can get all sorts of, grow our own food during the time of year it's not supposed to grow. <laughs> Vitamin C, anybody? 100% of the time? All year round? So, I mean, we've got a lot going for us. You take that away. You won't be saying, God is beautiful. You're going to be saying, why the hell is God trying to kill me? Everything in the universe is trying to kill you. Yes. <laughs> Our atmosphere, which happens to protect us from the sun and cosmic rays and all that, also contains contaminants and helps move them around and spread around spores and bacteria and shit that kill you. Uranium is a naturally occurring thing, and it will definitely give you all the calories that you need to live as long as you can. It's <laughs> yeah. not very long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need a fire and there happens to be a lightning strike? Well, at last, you're, at least you're warm. Probably still wet though, you know, because you know, during lightning storms and a lot part of the world usually have rain with them. You know, uh, considering that we're right now in the winter season over here in the Buffalo, New York market, we don't really want to talk about lightning. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will. I will ho hold on. I do want to say something about winter lightning storms over regular summer lightning storms. Having seen one. Uh, from the protection of a house behind storm windows, mind you. So, yes, I had, I had the, the privilege of observing something dangerous, but beautiful from a better than average protection. And the lightning storm, the snow lightning storm hit after we already had several inches on the ground and 
it, there's something about how it lights up the snow on the ground that you don't get any other time of year because there's no snow is very beautiful. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, That's the only positive thing I have to say about it, really, folks. I do not want to be out one of those ever again behind the wheel. Yeah. I mean, if I have to, because I did it because I had to, I'll do it again. I just don't want to. Yeah. There is something very special about hearing the sound at night of the wind picking up, and it's literally whistling through some eaves that are nearby, and it's it's nighttime, and you're ready to go to sleep, and you're laying down, your eyes are closing, because, you know, that's the way that it does, and all of a sudden, a flash of light goes through your eyes, and you simply dismiss it because you remember the stories of the Apollo and the and the Gemini programs where the guys up there said that every once in a while there would be a, a a hit in their eyeballs of a cosmic ray that would light up all their, all their sight and their vision, even if their eyes were closed and you just attribute it. Yeah. It's just gotta be that one time. There's nothing to worry about. It's not like it's a cat throwing up sound and all of a sudden shovel right overhead. Yeah, but that's the exciting part. Not, not the boom. But checking to see whether or not you shit your drawers. I worry because there are times where I hear that happen. And reminding you that I'm actually kind of elevated a little bit up in the hills over here. I wonder every once in a while when that happens. When am I going to hear the power supply that I've got over here for the computer? The the battery beep, backup. Beep, beep. Oh, yeah. Well, it's always fun taking a direct hit. That's happened. To, that happened to my house, and my husband was on the computer at the time and threw him across the room. Oh God, I remember that. Yeah. So I've, that was I've fun. Said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And I'll, I'll I've said this over and over and over and over again, not just on the show, but in jobs that I've had. If there is a lightning storm coming, unplug your computer from the wall. If that means it's a desktop and doesn't power on, that's fine. Doesn't power on. You know, get a battery that lasts a couple hours for a computer of your size and go that way out. <clears throat> but don't leave that plugged in either. And uh, to the wall, that is. And if it's a laptop, just hope that you have your battery charged, or hopefully you have a supplemental battery that you can swap out or connect to it. But the point is, you know, the thing that can destroy a tree can get in not only through the power lines, but if you have a plain old telephone system. Because telephone line, specifically the old pot system, is not shielded. Okay? Yeah, those things. I've still got my my prop over here. So, it's not just anything that's in your electrical sockets that could get fried. It's anything connected to the, the phone system, if the house is attached to the pole. If you don't have a pots line going to your house to a telephone pole, I'd be very surprised 
or you live in a neighborhood where they bear, properly buried everything underground. Um, well, in our case, it was the storm door that got hit. Oh, your house literally got hit. It literally got hit, and it even blew the alarm systems out of the walls. Wow. Yeah. I'm used, I'm used to the, the results of getting hit. The, the power, like, um, oh, I forget who it was. Uh, somebody I knew, too. Um, their system got fried, and it, uh, yeah, it did a number on the monitor, too. Um But it hit the power post, which was just at the end of his driveway. So I'm guessing um, his was probably a minor hit because it also had a chance to go other directions compared to what you went through. Yeah, I mean, this went all around the storm before and singed it. <laughs> and it turned from a nice black color to like an ashy gray. And then it blew this huge hole in the concrete on the porch by the door. Just boom. Yeah. When you measure electricity in terms of gajillion volts, you kind of yeah. have to give it a little bit more respect. It's just, that's just me. Yeah. God, how did we end up going this direction after? <laughs> I lost track of where the, where the hell we went off the There path. was a kaboom! There was an earth-shattering kaboom! Very much so. By the way, Thunder snow. Thunder snow. Yeah, this is thunder snow. And, yeah, yeah, Seeker. Hi! Sorry we're keeping you up this late. Um, no, we're not. No, no, we're not. <laughs> but, um... Where were we? Oh, okay. So the debate, yes, it was from 2009. Uh, thank you, Stephanie. You caught that one over there. The, um, the debate was by uh, Intelligence Squared, and it was a formal debate. And this is where it gets to be really, really fun, because I don't need to remember what the exact numbers were for this part. Although, if anybody finds them really quickly, hey, cool, great. Because it was a formal debate, the idea was everyone that was coming in in the audience to watch the debate happen filled out a questionnaire. And it was, you know, something along the lines of um, the, the okay, so the, uh, the premise, uh, I forget exactly what the right term for it was, but uh, the premise for the debate was the Catholic Church is a force for good in the world. That was the premise, and that's that's where the debate ends up going from. And the people that were coming in, the audience, were to vote on that premise, what they thought of it. And they had, um, they had a listing that said afterwards, you know, um, this percentage of the audience voted yes for the premise, voted no against the premise, and undecided regarding the premise. And if memory served, it was there was a fairly there was a, a fairly 40-ish I think percent that was undecided and the rest was kind of you know most kind of like mostly yes but not really so you know it was kind of three-way split sort of but at the end of that debate when they re-voted it was an absolute 
embarrassment because the people that were arguing for the Catholic Church, that the Catholic Church was a force for good in the world, they were, oh God, I forgot who the hell they were. Uh, one was a bishop out of South Africa, I believe, and the other one was uh, a, I forget who she was, but she was very, very prominent in the, the religious scene and, and political pieces. Anyway, uh, oh, okay. Stephanie's helping. See, this happened over there in the UK. I should, I should have expected that you'd have the, thank you. Stephanie's giving, feeding me the right info. Thank you. Um, and Whittlecombe, who Stephanie says, and I'm quoting here, is an idiot, by the way. At the time, she was a UK politician whom even other politicians had little time for. I do believe that that has not changed very much. Um, she'd be right at home with the fundamentalist Christians. I think she pretty well was, yeah. But, um, they, uh, they didn't do so well. They really didn't do so well. And Christopher Hitchens was all there for it. I, I don't remember how much speaking time he had, but like I said, he was more than, he was more than willing to just sit back and drink his scotch and, and just let Stephen Fry have his way with him. And I do firmly believe that Stephen Fry, if we had let him, reminding you that this debate had happened in 2009, would be talking to this day still. Then again, he's also a master orator, so you know, I, I don't think any of us would have a problem with that. But yeah, it, it was it was it was horrific. We will have that in the in the show notes for folks to take a look at. It is a longer debate. It is. Uh, uh, Tech, how long was that? Do you remember? Was it like a two hours or hour and a half or something like that? What the uh Yeah, the debate video. I can't go pulling it up without screwing stuff up on my side. Well, according to this commercial, it's only three minutes long, but it's just about scraping on the bottom of the feet. No, I'm just kidding. One hour, fifty nine minutes and eleven seconds. Okay, so it's a two hour set. Um so if you're if you're okay with watching us uh trust me We'd sit that one is far and away better than anything that we've ever put out, so by the way, I found the link. Um, it's called Stephen Fry on God. Um, and the interview him asked what happened if you died and found out, you know, there's. So that's the link I was talking about where you were saying, how dare you? Yes. You know, phone yeah. Children and all that. Yeah. If, and if, if, that one's, that's a brief clipping of the whole thing, but it's a good watch. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's just a few minutes. If you don't have two hours to watch the other one, watch this at least. Yeah, and like I said, if I remember right, I do believe that that was his uh, uh, his. I know it wasn't a speech; it was part of the uh, part of the interview. But if I remember right, that was the what I call the Pluto speech, talking about okay. uh, Pluto was Sorry. one of the gods that was in there, and, and you know how horrific a character he was, or whatever the hell it was. I might be misremembering who it was he was listing, but you know, be that as it may. It is late, so I mean, I yeah. don't mean in the show. I just mean it's late. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. But you know what? So far, we're doing okay. So, yeah, he... The reason why I wanted to bring that specifically up was that when it was his time to speak, whether he was talking directly, giving his premises and, and his his stuff, answering questions that were posed over to him, to ask questions of the other side of the debate team, you listen to how he speaks, and you can tell this man has knowledge. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean he's memorized facts. Yes, that is part of it. But when I mean this man has knowledge, it's not just the dates and times and people and places. It's how it all interwoven into history. What happened? Why it happened? Who set it up to happen? How did they end up setting up to happen? Why did they set it up to happen? What was the outcome of? He knew. He knew the topic cold. And that is... That is a that is a talent. That is something that you can learn to do. It's not easy, but it is something that you you can learn to do because it's it's the story. It's it's the history. Yeah, his confidence came from the fact that he knew that uh, whatever he was stating would stand to testing, and it's different to. Um, cite things on authority and seem confident in one's knowledge. Um, that's completely different from somebody who can state something and just actually the person stating the fact doesn't have anything to do with it. It's um, What they're doing is just making a reflection of reality and it's not really them they're testing. Um if you were to test them, you'd be testing reality, not the person making a statement of fact. And, yeah, that does bring a certain confidence that, uh, you know, whoever you're talking with, um, they could test whatever you're saying against reality, uh, you know, whether you're there or not. And uh, they would come to the same conclusion. They'd have no choice, actually. Yeah, and it turned out he was he was so well versed with what he did going with that anyone that wanted to disagree with him on a topic that he knew cold and it was hard to find a topic he was not cold on if you tested and you found out and you found out he was right and you wanted to disagree with him you're just wrong it just abjectly wrong. And, you know, we, we've said this before. You want to disagree with science because it doesn't agree with your opinion? You're wrong. It's plain and simple. You're, you're just wrong. And again, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. There, however, is something wrong with intentionally remaining wrong. 
willful ignorance. You know, whenever whenever there's this thing that comes up around on social media every <laughs> once in a while, the whole thing of you've got you've got one wish to make, what would you wish for? To my eradicate answer, willful ignorance. Yeah, that is always my one answer. That is literally always my one answer. And I know for well that there are people who would be who've known me long enough who'd just be like, I mean, dude, um, get your wife back, um, eradicate cancer from like everyone. Nah, man, willful ignorance. Get rid of it. Just it 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 shall never exist again. Because at that point, what's your excuse for not agreeing with testable reality? Well, don't forget there there is uh, part of the process of willful ignorance is not just refusing to hear something. But you can also hear something, understand something, completely understand it, and still refuse to think it's correct, right? We call that a disagreement, but it is part of the willful ignorance system. And if you get rid of willful ignorance, you may inadvertently get rid of that, too. It's that refuse to accept the true answer that has helped much of our progress in technology and understanding of how the world works around us, of how to um, heal, to break, to fix, to everything. So someone always someone always said out there, I bet that isn't I bet that isn't true. And they end up either doing the thing that's not true, or they've made some variant of it. But that's different. That's I, it, I know it's a nuance different, no, but it relates no, to that kind of, yeah, no, disagreeing and disagreeing, even when you have the facts, right? Even when you have the, the evidence, right? is a form of willful ignorance. It's not just disagreement, it's willful ignorance. I'm going to disagree with you, huh? and I'll show you why. You have... What's a good way of explaining this one? You have a methodology that works for... I'm trying to figure out what's the best way that I can work with this. You have you have a an established method for making a widget. I know, bear with me a second. And one of the best ways is with a machine, a CNC machine. This this give you that example. For being able to build something. You take a material, you lop pieces away from it until you get whatever the whatever the final product is. Cool. So, the the non-willful ignorant question is, hypothesis. Is there a better way, a more efficient, more cost-effective way of coming up with this end product? And exploring what are the, what are the ways that stuff could be built that way? That's that doesn't go into willful ignorance. That's exploring 
new facets, new areas of otherwise unexplored creation of the stuff. And the reason I point this one out is CNC machines are amazing. The stuff that they can take, uh, that they can make out of uh, aluminum, for instance. I don't know if you guys have ever seen some of these CNC machine uh, videos on YouTube. It's outstanding. And I'm not talking about the ones where the CNC machine breaks, because that's just freaky as shit. I, I, that, that really stresses me out on a level I can't explain. But then we now have 3D printers that instead of taking away from the main mass, you are not doing subtractive. You're doing accumulative build process completely foreign otherwise because traditionally what have we done taken wood we whittled away until we got whatever it was that we needed took a hunk of metal stones together or ground more specifically ground them together if you really want to shape to shape exactly um gemstones you want to polish them you take away from but now we come to the late 20th century Yes, 3D printing goes to the late 20th century, earlier than you think. The 80s? 70s? I forget what year it was, but uh, over over in um, Japan, somebody had started to come up with the idea on how to do uh, cumulative fabrication. Uh, And so the question of, is there a better way, isn't willful ignorance, it's the continued exploration. So I don't think I'm not talking about, is there a better way? It's saying that I'm going to perform X. Now you can, you can say, I think it's because it's a better way where all the articles, all the documentation and everything else says that X won't work. Here's the empirical documentation. You know, here's all the documentation on it. And you have somebody goes, I don't believe it. I don't, I'll make it work. That is not willful ignorance completely. That is just a denial of an acknowledged fact. So willful ignorance uses part of that mechanism, is what I'm talking about. At least I thought that's how I explained it. I might not have. You might have, but as I've understood it, willful ignorance is here are the facts, here's how something this this is this is how stuff works because this is the stuff that we've shown for how it works and this is so far shown to be right virtually 100% of the time well i don't believe that i it, i don't like the way that that works so i'm not going to go with that well you're wrong um can you have fire underwater or more appropriately, can you have fire in water? Generally speaking, most of us would go ahead and say, "No." What are you? What are you kidding me? No. Well, there are some guys that can make fire underwater just in a different method with different chemicals. There are ways of making that happen. So, can you have fire underwater? Yeah, you just have to know how to do it. Because it's not the way you normally expect it. 
There are also guys that go underwater to do um, welding on ships underwater. And yes. I got a, I got a problem with people who do that because that's a level of nuts. I can't exactly explain because doing, um, doing welding underwater under salt water, uh, that's dangerous to me the way I've understood it because, you know, salt, brine, ionized liquid all around you, high voltage electricity. I don't like that idea, but you know, that's the thing. That's why you have unions. <laughs> Got a good point. Got a good point. Yeah. That's also why you have things like OSHA regulations, which are written in blood. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked <laughs> about that one before, too. Yeah. So, uh, all the people out there are thinking about unionizing. Yes, do it. Just remember, follow through. It's like golf. You have to keep chasing the ball. Okay? So, if you just think forming one is going to solve your problems, no. You have to form one and then work towards your goal as a team. Helping each other. That's the whole point. Okay? It's labor versus billionaires. Not, oh, you know, the guy down the street who makes 16K a year versus the guy up the street who makes a million a year. Because they're both laborers. Different levels, they're both laborers. They should be on this helping each other. Now, granted, one has more financial wherewithal. Whatever the case might be, lucky, whatever you want to call it. But they should still be looking out for the 16 gay guy. Uh, six, that sounded so wrong. The 16 a year guy um, up, you know, helping each other up. Yeah. And that's something we forgot. That's something that we allowed ourselves to forget. So please stand by your fellow person. Doesn't matter if they have a different hair color. Doesn't matter if they like a different person. Okay? You have different philosophical views on life. Doesn't matter. At work, it's you versus them. But if you unionize, it's a whole lot of people helping you get to the same goal. And real quickly, before we, uh, before we move completely past that, um, yeah, by the way, for those of you that don't know, over here in the United States, the guys over there at uh, Starbucks who are trying to unionize, yeah, there's one guy who is a uh, fursuiter, and we are just all, all all backing him up because wow, that's fantastic. He's 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 like the face of of some of these guys. I forget where he is. He's out in the West Coast, but you know, whatever. Anyway, so well, I, you know what, I tip one back. Cheers. Good luck. Hope you succeed. Yeah, he's 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 trying. He's trying. Um, we've only got about another uh, 15 or so to go. So, um, let me nice quick. Yeah. Let me throw it over to you guys. I kind of opened by saying that Christopher Hitchens would be the first one to say, don't idolize me. Don't put me up on a pedestal. I'm just a human being like everybody else. 
I know he okay. didn't say that yes. directly himself. Uh, or, or actually, I, th- I think he may have actually said that in some form at one point. So, first off, I agree. You shouldn't idolize anybody, ideally speaking. But we do have idolization. Um, I think Joseph may even agree with me that goes back to, like, tribalism and everything else. So, probably ingrained in us for a long time. Um, I've learned to not idolize people anymore. I've, I, I will admire people, though. Um, but I learned my lesson. You know, I had somebody I idolized and I found out, oh, <laughs> in the background, they're really horrible, horrible human being. Having your idol crush is the easiest way to prevent future idolism. <laughs> um, no, I don't idolize him, but uh, I, I, there are certain people in this world that are public figures in some way, shape, or form, whether they're theater or um, political or whatever. Again, this we're getting to the point of why I uh, appreciate them so much. I wish I had their ability to orate and use their intelligence in that way. The quick-witted responses that come to them not from practice but from intellectual response that they're able to come up with that on the spot that, that and, and at a high in intellectual level too and hit back that way because for me sometimes I'll have a conversation with somebody I know I have a good response but I don't know what it is because it's foggy. And then three, four, five hours down the road, guess what? Yeah, you think of it. You're like, oh, I should have said this or whatever the heck it is. And, or, you know, that's what I was thinking of. So now I have to go text it while driving. I'm just kidding. I do not text and drive, folks. I speech to text. I say a voice command, it types it out, and then it sends my message. So, and then when I get text messages while I'm driving, it reads them off to me. It's really nice. Um, so yeah, the, the people who have that... Ryan Reynolds, for example, Stephen Fry, Christopher Hitchens, and so many others have that ability to hear something, fully comprehend what was just said, and come up with an intellectual response. It could be comedic, it could be serious, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I'm a little jealous, a little envious, and I'm at, at the same time very thankful that those particular people have it. Because they made better use of it than I could write. So yeah, when Christopher Hitchens died, um, he's just got to add to my list of other people who cannot make any further contributions and that should have been able to do so. List. Yeah. We need, we need a lot more people like the ones who have passed. We need another Mr. Rogers, now more than ever before. 
we need another Christopher Hitchens. It's so easy for us to be ignorant, whether willful or otherwise, in that breeds to fear, fear breeds to hate. And of course, hate usually leads to death in some way, shape, or form. Death of a relationship, death of a physical human being. And ironically, you know, the anti-abortionists in a way are using that whole system, that ignorance of Uh, of the abortive process when it's most often used for, you know, it actually ends up saving lives. Uh, it ends up leading to fear and hate and eventually more death. But because it was at their hands, yeah, you know, it's all right. If somebody else had done to them, then it would Hell on Earth. Um, Joseph, throw it over your way. Is there anything that um, anymore? <laughs> is there anything that um, you can kind of remember of what uh, what Hitchens did or said that is still had a lasting effect on you? Yeah, I don't know what I can add to that. Um, yeah, he just showed that uh, questioning authority is not only permissible, permissible, it's um, it's almost required. And uh, at the time. Uh, he was one of few people to do that. Because most people at the time had opinions that were parallel, parallel to some authority figure or another. But um, he struck me as being somebody who did not rely on other authority figures for his opinion and his conclusions. Um, yeah, he was an example of autonomous thought. He took responsibility for his own decisions and his own proclamations. And that was most of all the example he set. But I, I do have one slight reproachment to make. I mean, um, he may have been, uh, an autonomous thinker, and he may have taken responsibility for his own propos, but he tended to speak the language of his adversary and also use the context. For example, <clears throat> um, you know, how religion presents morals and things like that. He never really got down to the point where, um, Religious morals is basically religion making decisions for you. And morals 
as what we can call them, is actually us making the decision by ourselves. You see what I'm saying? I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. I, uh, I just, well, yeah, for his time, yeah, I, I, I may think that he could have followed the rabbit hole a bit further down, but I mean, um, for the time he was doing what he did, uh, it was already a lot, so. I don't want to re- retrospectively attribute, uh, the next step to him as a whole, but anyway. No, I get that. And, you know, considering how many, uh, how many minds he helped change, uh, again, just reflecting back to that, uh, uh, to that debate with, uh, with Stephen Fry, considering how many how the uh, the vote changed between you know who agreed disagreed independent and how much it swung into his side i think that there is i think there is something to be said that yeah he may not have gone through down all the rabbit holes and i mean shit who can but I think that he did a really, really good job of getting people poised to go down into those rabbit holes themselves and see for themselves firsthand. Okay, what are the things do I have wrong that I need to learn about? I don't know that it was necessarily uh, intentional, but I really do think that there are so damn many that he poised to do exactly that. So I don't know that that was exactly his job either to do so you know yeah it's fair to cut him it's fair to cut the old dead guy some slack so yeah it's <laughs> I think you got it pretty well right and um Bridget your 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 turn at this point you probably would know a little bit more than uh than the rest of us being that you've been in the circles for so long and you know, all the all the times you ended up talking with heretic woman about how who only knows how much shit. So I just wish I'd you know, I had the chance to meet him at some point and I really regret not being able to. But one thing that sticks out, you know, for to me about him was his last book that he wrote mortality when he knew that he was dying. Okay. um, You know, he had already said that if he got to the point where he couldn't speak or couldn't write anymore, that he didn't want to live anymore because that was his life. But he didn't want to die. And he said it was kind of like going to a party and the party's going really, really well, you know, but you have to leave early. And so he had to leave the party. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching that speech on YouTube. Yeah. That, uh. Me too. Oh. I still get the feels. I'm thinking back to that. But if he had to do over again, I don't think he would have done anything any differently. I think there's probably one thing that he might have done differently. 
he might have been um he might have been correct on his opinion on waterboarding and saved himself two seconds of absolute terror in his life. But, I mean, he knew that the drinking and the smoking is what killed him, but he yeah. still would have done it anyway. Yeah. He loved his scotch. He <laughs> He did. <laughs> he did. And for the last few years that uh, we've kind of held these uh, memorials for him, you know, I've I've gotten Johnny Walker Black little 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 thing of it, and, you know. I am very much not a, a hard liquor drinker. I, I I know that of me now. I mean, shit, I didn't even get my wine tonight, so you know. I'm honest. having apple juice, so what can we? <laughs> you know that that's that's um. You, you're drinking hard cider just before it's had an opportunity to completely turn hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did not set you up to say that. I'm not going <laughs> to. You did. I, 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 and I fell right into it. Wait, wait. Did somebody say liquor hard? Wait. No. What's going on here? Did, did I miss an OnlyFans account pop up in the chat or something? No, and that was Markiplier who did that. Thank you very much. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, lick harder. No, no, I said liquor. Lick. I am lick hard. Wait, no. Who's on first? I still have my uh, hitch uh, shot glass that looks like a, a brony. It's really cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. It looks like a what? You know, like a My Little Pony, kind of. I... I've got him and Daniel Dennett, and they're really cute. Okay, that's news to me. We need to see pictures of this. It, not necessarily the show. Well, I'm sure the people in chat want to see it, but at some point, you know, if you're willing to share, it would be appreciated. Yeah, we got a section in the Discord. And if you need help move it, removing XF data, uh, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a section in the Discord specifically for pictures, photos, whatever miscellaneous imagery. So you know, you want to check out that? Uh, we'll, we will see what comes of it. Can't promise anything right at the right at the moment. Um, yeah, I've got them packed up, but I'll unpack them just so I can take a picture and let you see. They're so cute. I had a, the whole set of the four horsemen, but I only bought two because I'm a tightwad. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm buying Dennett and Hitchens. <laughs> That's all right. Before we get out of here, um, I want to drop this one last item really quickly. I said it a couple of times that he would be the first to tell us, don't make an idol out of me. The man knew what he was doing when he talked People listened because he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was talking about. He was an educated man. He kept learning. I can think of no higher praise for the man. Don't ever, don't ever need to speak the man's name again if you just keep learning. Learn all that there is. Learn so that whatever it is that you think on a topic, on anything, 
you know what it is that you're talking about, and you're right. Because if for no other reason, it really pisses off the people that are wrong, that want to believe that they're right. And pissing off the people who are wrong because they want to be right and don't want to put in the effort. That's good living right there, man. I'll tell you what. We need to call it a night. So, everybody, thank you for being with us. Of course, as always. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all perspectives and you uh, got something to think about for the week ahead. And being that it is, of course, middle of December, hopefully you stay warm and safe and everything, because shit. Over the chat, Stephanie, Fearless, and Seeker did see you. Thank you, guys. Glad you're able to make it. You, of course, as always, please take care of yourselves. Just stay safe, stay warm. Joseph, wow, man. Um, All the technical stuff aside, glad you're able to make it. Uh, you, again, take care of yourself, because, you know, last couple of weeks before Christmas, I have to imagine that um, things are just fun and wonderful over there the next couple of weeks. Ugh pretty calm actually oh lucky uh, you yeah yeah. <sighs> yeah waiting for next year but sorry about all the technical problems it's not a big thing i mean we work everything for free over here so you know uh, the occasional eh, it's not like it's your yeah. fault. don't worry about it well i'll try to revise uh a little more before the show starts Not a worry. Um, is there a show next week? There will be a show next week. After that, however, um, no, well, all right. Let me let me, let me double check. The, I'm checking off two weeks. I won't be on next week. I have a commitment. Sorry, guys. You've been committed before. When did that ever stop you? Uh, I need to be committed. Uh, <laughs> all right. So yes, the 18th there will be a show. After that, we will be taking the two-week off, because that'll be Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and ain't nobody got time enough for this. So, yeah, you if, you, if you're able to make it next week, wonderful. If not, you know, don't sweat, man. Just take care of yourself. And, of course, as always, just thank you. Yeah, thank you, sir. See you next week. Well, in that case, Tech, um, I guess this is the last we're going to see you until uh, until the new year. So you take care of yourself and just thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, fun to be here. By the way, uh, episode uh, fourth next week it'll be episode four thirty four. So that's actually a route in New York. There's a really good restaurant that way called Lunch Place. Yes. If you're, uh, if you're ever up on Route four thirty four. Have at it. Just bring cash. They don't accept. They yeah. really don't. It's. That's okay. I've been there for like 40 years now. I know what uh, next week's show is going to be, and it is going to be inspired by the number 434. So I uh, will explain off the air for reasons. Gotcha. And. Bridget. Guess what time it is. Time to give a big fuck you to Kevin McCarthy, you spineless twat. Ooh, 
We've followed it up with twat. She's using educated words on this one. <laughs> well, he is. It's true. Yes, I I would tend to agree with you, but uh, I wouldn't exactly call it educated language. Although British language insults definitely sound quite more erudite than they otherwise need to be. Well, at least I didn't call him a cockwomble. You could 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 is a cockwomble worse or better than being a twat? I don't know. I don't know. Or just know. call him a tosser. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody tosses eventually. I mean, November's over and everything, so you know, there's a there's a reference for some people who are kind of going, "What? You, you poor some child." <laughs> um. If, if I'm going to throw one out there also to, to pair it up, who was it out there out West who uh, decided that um, they want to make sure that the um, representation in one of the houses remains at like 49-49 instead of 51-50? Oh, cinema. She can just go ahead and just toss she off. Can, she can kiss my ass. There's a word for people like her, and it's it's an unkind term that I would otherwise not use in mixed company, especially if we have people who understand the term, who are British speakers. So that's as far as I'm going to go. That is a word without a vowel in it that I just used, so you can all just suck it. Because I'm able to get away with that. Why? Because I did not say the word that you think I said. You can go back and listen. I used all consonants. Fight me on this hill. But I know what he said. He said, see you next Tuesday. That's exactly what I said. The word is deselected. You know, you educated Brit folks speaking your 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 British. I just, I, I I don't I don't know I don't know how to talk with you people. Thanks for being with us. I hope that you guys are all having a good smile at this point. Because if I wasn't smiling, I'd be crying because it's really late and tiring right now. That's the way that it is. If you'd like to be in touch with us, take a swing over to the website, holycrapthevlogcast.com. We've got, of course, you know, the Discord, all the information, all is linked in the show notes. If you'd like to be in touch with us via voicemail, you can do that. 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554, and we would love to hear from you. Like I said, next week we got one more show, and then a couple of weeks off. Some of you won't be able to join us for the show at that point for next week, considering, you know, other things that are going on. Completely understandable. For those of you that aren't going to be with us for basically three weeks, on behalf of all of us, seriously, thank you for being with us. 
please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please don't get into a pissing match with somebody for a parking spot. It's not worth it. Be kind to the people that are working at jobs that have to interact with you. For some of them, it's a first job. And my God, being thrown to the lions, figuratively speaking, ain't a great way to learn your first job. And you know, just be nicer on the road, people. I I was driving home. Short man. Residential area. Posted speed limit. Twenty five. Residential, right? Not unreasonable. Blind curves, no passing zones at all. And I've lost count of the amount of people that have gotten killed in this area. To, you know, kids specifically. Uh, out for a stroll. Blind curve, passing when they shouldn't be passing, swerving, car accident, boom. Tonight I got um, honked at, yelled at, and eventually passed over at no passing. Just be safe, people. And from all of us to all of you, and I think we can all go ahead and say it, happy holidays. Guys, that's your cue. Go ahead. You can say it, too. It's, it's fair. It's whichever one you want to do. I don't want to piss off everybody. <laughs> Fine. I'll pick mine. Happy Saturnalia. Happy Festivus. And I'm kidding. I love pissing off people. Happy holidays. Mofos. <laughs> You're not going to say one for yourself, Joseph? You... Got an opportunity. Where did he disappear? Did you? Did you? There you are. Well, uh, uh, you need a coffee. Captain Quanza. It's a very good call. So, to all of you. Happy Hanukkah! Sorry. Yeah, just, uh, um, um, just, uh, everybody have a great, uh, uh, winter get together to celebrate uh, the shortenings of the day. Thank you for being with us. So, until the next time we're together, everyone, as always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. My lady, too damn many years later, I am still in love with you. Matane Fuji. I love you. I miss you. Dream with me. Till the next time we're together, everyone, as always, until next week. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.